0: I'm glad that you're here this morning. I want to encourage you to come back tonight and Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, I promise you I'm not long-winded. I'll have you out of here in anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes if you'll come each night. Now, I know that you work on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and it's hard to come in and, and uh, get supper and a shower and come to church, but I, I believe if you'd come that God would have something for you. John chapter 8, verse number 23. Jesus said, you are from below and I am from above. You are of this world and I am not of this world. Verse number 24, I say therefore to you, you shall die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, Jesus said it again, you shall die in your sins. I drove up from Hammond this morning and I was in Brother Mike's office before the service and I read that 8th chapter of John. Jesus not only said that twice, but he said that three times. You shall die in your sins. Dealing with those Pharisees, uh, dealing with that uh, religious group, he told them three times. It's always been said when God really wants your attention, he'll say something two times. (laughs) Moses, Moses, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So Jesus said this, for you shall die in your sins. He said that not only two, but three times I was thinking several weeks ago what's the worst possible thing that could happen to me what's the worst possible thing that could happen to a person I read about a a high school football team in Texas last year Uh, matter of fact I think it was on CNN one night that this team was out on the field practicing and and it was a nice evening and all of a sudden a little cloud come up and it got kind of hazy over the football field and all of a sudden a bolt of lightning struck literally struck one of those high school players in the top of the helmet. It, I think, killed that young man, put 20-some other players in the hospital along with two coaches. Now, can you imagine at 4 o'clock on a Thursday evening getting a phone call at your house on a, maybe a day, something like this, saying your son has been struck by lightning? Now, now, can you imagine that? What's the worst possible thing that could happen to a person? I was at a place two weeks ago called Red Oak Baptist Church, Livingston, Louisiana. There's a guy that runs the sound system at Red Oak. Uh, His name is Herman Ballard. Herman's a Vietnam vet, and uh, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's just a joy to be around. I mean, this guy is... uh, uh, you can't help but laugh at him. Uh, I got tickled at him the other day. I said, uh, we call him Wimp, Wimp, I said, Wimp, how you doing? He said, man, I had a good day. He said, I had one problem. And I mean, this guy gets around folks like a guy with two legs. He said, I got on top of my Suburban today washing my hood, and I got to sliding with the soap and fell off my Suburban. I mean, this, this guy's something. So we, I got to talking to Wimp, and I said, Wimp, I, I know you've had a hard time. So we got to talking about, he was leading a platoon through all the rice paddies in Vietnam, and as a platoon leader, he went out in the edge of that rice paddy. When he did, he stepped on a mine. He said, the last thing I remember was that thing going off and shooting me up in the air, and I was going over, uh, literally over my platoon, over the rice paddy, never went unconscious, and fell out in the middle of that rice paddy. I said, Wimp, that's got to be the worst possible thing that could happen to a man. And my little boy and I were standing side by side and he said, no, Bruce, the worst possible thing that could have happened, I was lost when that happened and God would let me die in my sins in that rice paddy. He got saved in a hospital some uh, week later. But what's the worst thing? Somebody said to go to the doctor and come back with a big C word would be the worst possible thing. Some people say to lose a mate in death would be one of the worst things that could happen. Jesus said there's something far worse than all of that. There's something far worse than losing your money and, and losing a marriage partner. The, Jesus said the worst thing that could happen to a man is to die in his sins. Now, now what does that mean? What does it mean when a man dies in his sins? You know, I, I'm, I'm so guilty and so many people are so guilty so many times of using church words, you know. I mean, and they're not only church words and they're not really Baptist words. A lot of them, a lot of them are Bible words, but we use words like... Uh, saved and and born again i heard a guy several weeks ago always used want to use the word redemption 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 well that's a good word but folks a lost man thinks redemption is something to do with snh green stamps you know i mean you don't have a clue what redemption is what does it mean to die in your sins very quickly let me tell you about that first of all if a man dies in his sins it literally sends him to the wrong place now now what in the world are you talking about Bruce if I die in my sins I go to the wrong place well the Bible says over in Luke chapter 16 when that rich man died that when the Bible says when he opened his eyes he was in hell you see folks when a man or a woman dies in their sins it sends them to the wrong place now this is the bottom line The reason that we celebrate today is that Jesus died on a cross. He he didn't swoon. He didn't pass out. The Bible says he died on a cross. And when he died on a cross, they placed him in a tomb. And three days later, he resurrected. Jesus did all of that. And God sent his son. We celebrate today so that you and I would escape hell. So you and I could escape spiritual Death. There's a doctor in Chattanooga, Tennessee. His name is Dr. Maurice Rollins. He's written a book called Beyond Death's Door. And Dr. Rollins in that book gives an account of people who has died on the operating table or or people who has uh, one story was documented in the book of a man who was taking a, a, a treadmill test and while on the treadmill this guy had a massive heart attack. I mean, the guy went down on the treadmill, and they worked on him, they shocked him, and they worked on him for several minutes and brought this guy back. But when they were working on this guy and bringing him back from this death experience, this guy was screaming, Dr. Rollins said, let me out, let me out. He was screaming at the top of his lungs, let me out, let me out. Dr. Rollins about five days later while this guy was in intensive care went in to check on the man and when he went in he talked to him he told him about what had happened what he was going to have to do in the days ahead as far as maintaining his health but also he said when he got ready to walk out Dr. Rollins turned around and said sir I can ask you one question he said well sure he said when you went down on the treadmill and you had that heart attack and you literally slipped off into death he said and we started to work on you and bring you back you were screaming when you come back let me out let me out sir do you remember that do you remember saying that do you remember what happened to you at that point in time in your life he said dr rollins i sure do i remember that very vividly matter of fact that's all i've thought about since i've had that heart attack he said dr rollins when i had that heart attack i knew exactly what happened to me when i went down on the treadmill i thought it was all over for me and all of a sudden when i opened my eyes and he said the man's eyes watered up in tears he said i was in hell Dr. Rollins, when I opened my eyes, I'm telling you I was in hell. See, folks, when a man or a woman dies in their sins, it sends them to the wrong place. Secondly, very quickly, when you die in your sins, it subjects you to the right punishment. This is so, what's so wonderful about the grace of God, folks. You don't get what you deserve. You know, everybody today is marching for this, marching for that, equal rights this, I want my rights. Folks, look at me this morning. I do not want what I deserve. If I got what I deserve this morning before a thrice holy God, I'd be dead and in hell. I've sinned against God. The Bible says I was born into sin, so when a man or a woman dies in their sins, it subjects them to the right punishment now this is what happens folks with sin nobody nobody ever gets away with sin one of the two things happen to sin you either get forgiveness of sin or you get judged for sin one of the two things you can't brush it away you can't get you you, you can't get baptized and get forgiveness of sin you either get forgiveness for it by confession and repentance of sin and by faith in the lord jesus or if you don't do that you get judged for sin several weeks ago uh There was two little guys that pulled up in front of my house on bicycles with little short-sleeved white shirts and a little black tie with all their paraphernalia in their little saddlebags on their bicycles. And they come parked at the end of my sidewalk, and my wife and I were inside, I looked out, wife, I told my wife, I said, oh, Tress, I can't deal with that today. She said, Bruce, don't be ugly to those people. You're going to lose your testimony. I said, I'm telling you, I can't handle that today. I've got an evangelist that lives about three doors down from me named Leo Humphrey. Leo sends them to me all the time. Leo says you need to go see that guy, Three Houses. I told Leo the other day, I said, Leo... If you send those Mormons back to me one more time, I'm going to beat you, slap to death in front of the post office. We meet the post office every Monday. But those guys come walking up the sidewalk. They come walking up the sidewalk. and said, you better pray about it. I said, okay, Jesus, thank you. <laughs> they come walking to the, and they walk to the front door. They knocked on the door. They opened the front door. And to make a long story short, we conversed for several minutes. I said, look, I want to ask you something. I said, now, I want to ask you something. And I said, we can solve all this. I said, if you were to fall dead right now, I'm talking about, what well, you're standing on my front porch and my front door, if you were to fall dead with a heart attack, what would merit you into the kingdom of God? Folks, I'm telling you the truth. They turned around and they looked at me and they looked at their bicycles and they pointed at all that uh, uh, paraphernalia and their literature on the bicycle and they said, because we ride up and down these roads and because we do good works and because we give away this literature and because we do good things, that merits us into the kingdom of God. I said, I'm telling you what's going to happen. I'm not being ugly with you, but by the authority of the word of God, the Bible says you'll die in. In your sins. Folks, you can't be good enough to get to heaven. You can't work your way into heaven. No man can get you into heaven. None other than the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus himself placed in a tomb, resurrected from the dead. That's what merits you into the kingdom of God. Now if you think you're going to be a church member and get to heaven friend, you've got a sad awakening coming to you. If you think because you've been sprinkled or even if you've been baptized in a Baptist church that that's going to get you into heaven. I'm not being ugly to you this morning. If you say I don't like you and don't come back I was supposed to have this week off anyway until brother Mike called me I can go home really (laughs) but I'm telling you this good news this morning is this here's hope Jesus cares for you you'll die in your sins unless you repent of your sins confess your sins not to Mike Roughton but to the Lord Jesus himself and then with a personal relationship as Christ to come into your heart Jesus said you shall die in your sins. Thirdly, very quickly, it separates you from the wrong people. Now now what in the world are you talking about? Separates me from the wrong people. Well, the rich man in Luke chapter 16 discovered when he opened his eyes, the Bible says, he lifted up his eyes being in hell and he saw that he was separated from the people that were back on planet earth. Matter of fact, the Bible said there is a great gulf fixed. Now, folks, can you imagine this? Can you imagine dying in your sins and going to hell and never being able to hold your wife or hold your children or or touch your husband? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine dying without Jesus and spending eternity separated from your family? Somebody asked me not long ago, they said, Preacher, let me ask you something. When we get to heaven, do you think we'll be able to see the people in hell? I said, No. I don't believe, folks, the people that are saved, when they get to heaven, they're going to be able to see the people in hell. But I do believe this. I do believe that the people in hell will be able to look up and see a measure of the people that are in heaven. That's scriptural, folks. The Bible says when the rich man died, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and he saw Lazarus in the bosom of the father. So I do believe those people in hell will be able to see the people in in heaven, I can't imagine that, folks. I can't imagine not ever being able to hug my wife or to touch my children. I can't imagine any of that. I got ready to leave this morning and, and they had a little note on my dresser and they said, Dad, we're, we're praying for you today. We pray that God uses you. And I couldn't imagine not being able to go back home tonight and say, Look, thanks for those notes of encouragement. Daddy loves you. And, and never being able to touch them again. This is what happens. I usually preach revival Sunday to Wednesday night most of the time. And sometimes I have to travel straight to another meeting and and sometimes it's two weeks before I go home. But I know what's going to happen if I get to go home on a Wednesday night. If it's in any reasonable hour, they're going to stay up. The porch light's going to be on and there's two kind of glass windows in front of my house where you can see in, and I know exactly what's going to happen. Everybody's going to have on a pair of tube socks. Why? I do not know. They just wear them. <laughs> we all do. Everybody's got a pair of tube socks pulled up to their knees. Awful Redenbacher popcorn. is uh, You can smell it even outside when you pull up. And they're waiting on Dad to get home. And I know, I mean, as uh, so, soon as I say amen on Wednesday night, I'm in my car. And if it's one hour or five hours, I'm going home. Why? I'm going to get to see them. I can't imagine pulling up in front of my house, looking, seeing everybody eating popcorn, wearing tube socks, getting ready to go inside and put my tube socks on and get my popcorn. and walk to the door and the door be locked Tressa I'm home honey let me in and they're all inside watching TV having a party Casey Jamie Taylor daddy's home open the door I want to come in and they never turn around never look folks I'm telling you that would be hell enough itself for me not even thinking about never being able to touch them or hold them but when you die in your sins It'll separate you from the wrong people. Lastly, very quickly, when you die in your sins, you'll be stripped of God's pardon. Here's the bottom line, folks. Here you have a chance to be saved, to be born again after death. You don't. I preached a tent crusade in a little place called Gilbert Alabama last year. During the last night of that crusade, there was a man that stepped out about three-quarters way back of that old gospel tent, walked down that aisle. He was so feeble, he had to have two people help him on each side. They walked down with him. Seemed like it took him an eternity to get down the aisle. He was so feeble when he got in the altar, Brother Mike, they gave him a folding chair and he sat down in that folding chair. Those folks in that altar asked Christ to come into their heart that night and they were saved by the power of God. What a great night in that meeting. But when the meeting closed and we started to take the sound equipment down and and the men started to take the tent down, this elderly gentleman was sitting outside the tent in his car. Somebody said, Brother Bruce, this man wants to talk to you outside the tent. So I went outside and I saw this man and I recognized him. He was feeble, sitting by the door, and this is what he said. He said, Preacher, for 45 years I've been wanting to do that. For 45 years, I've been wanting to get up out of my seat, walk down the aisle of a church, give my life to Jesus. I've been wanting to do that for 45 years, and I kept putting it off and putting it off, and I've always wanted to do that. And I just want to say this to you, preacher. I may never see you again, but when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there, preacher. I'll see you there. And I thought about that. I said, man, what a testimony. But I thought at the same time, What if that guy would have died in his sins? What if he would have put that off one day too late? I tell you folks, John Brown thought he'd be in Washington today. He didn't know the plane was going to crash. What if something like that would have happened to this man? Now here's the bottom line and we're closing out. The worst thing that could happen to you today is not cancer, is not lose your home or your car or even your family. The worst thing that could happen to you is for you to die in your sins. So I want to tell you this. If you go to heaven... You've got to be absolutely perfect. Now listen to me before you judge. Not one sin in your life. I mean, if you go to heaven, you've got to be perfect. Not one sin. Anybody in here like that today? You're perfect. I didn't think so. Well, that tells me that nobody in here can go to heaven. Unless, unless God in all of his wisdom looked down on this mess and said, boy, what a mess. The whole bunch cannot have fellowship with me because they have a sin nature. i tell you what I'll do. I'll send my only son, and I'll send him into that world, and I'll let him be born in a manger, and I'll let him live 33 years, and I'll let them take him, and I'll let him cru- crucify him on a cross. They'll beat him in the face. They'll pluck his beard. They'll place a crown of thorns on his head. He'll have no sin in his life, and they'll hang him on a cross, and he'll die on that cross, and they'll place him in a tomb. And I'll tell you what I'll do three days later. I'll breathe life back into him and let him walk out, and because of his perfection and his resurrection, that a person that has a sin nature if they'll come to him and say I'll put my trust in you Jesus then when I look on that person I won't see their sin I'll see the blood of my son and I'll pass over them from death unto life now folks I tell you I'm just an old country boy God called to preach but I've got this thing all figured out if you're saved Jesus lives in your heart all you gotta do is die <laughs> that's all I mean you know, if you're saved Just die. That's all you have to do. And you've always wondered, how am I going to get there? I'll tell you how you're going to get there. The same way those guys did in Luke chapter 16, Lazarus did. He was taken by the angels into the bosom of the Father. How about you this morning? Life's greatest tragedies for you to die in your sins. Vicksburg, Mississippi, several months ago, uh, I was not there, but a pastor friend of mine was there. He said, Bruce, I saw something I've never seen before in my life. He said a man died in that community and the pastor got ready to preach the funeral. He said he walked down up out of, the, out of the, the bench and got ready to preach and he said Clyde's body was lying in state in front of the church. He said the preacher said the little church was packed, the preacher turned around and he said folks there's old Clyde, biggest reprobate ever lived in Vicksburg, here he is right here. He was tough folks. He drank more whiskey, he cussed me out three times trying to tell him about Jesus. But here he is folks, he said he's dead. He's gone. He said, and everybody started to weep and cry. He said, but wait a minute. I know something about Clyde you folks don't know. (laughs) He said, three days ago, I went by Clyde's house. He said, Clyde's run me off several times. But I went by Clyde's house three days ago before Clyde ever thought about having a heart attack. I went by and I said, Clyde, I want to come in and talk to you. He said, Preacher, get away from me. I've told you. I said, Clyde, I'm going to pull the screen door off the hinges. I'm coming in. I want to talk to you. You He said, he let me in. So we walked inside. We laughed just a moment. We sat down at the table. We small talked. And he said, I reached in my pocket and the pastor pulled out a little brown New Testament. One of those little brown Bibles the Gideons give the pastors. He just a little bitty thing. And the preacher looked at that with old Clyde sitting across the table. He said, hey Clyde, look at that little old Bible. He said, "That's you know He said, "You know what that reminds me of? He said, that reminds me of them little old handy-andy tools you get for Christmas. He said, you know, Christmas Eve and you didn't get that present, you run down to Walmart and get that $9 set of sockets and you pull on them one time and they burst all to pieces. He said, that little Bible. He said, that's a little handy-andy Bible. He said, that's... He said, I don't think it's nothing to that thing. And the pastor just threw it over on top of the table. They talked for a couple of minutes and the pastor reached across the table, pulled the little Bible back. He said, hey Clyde, let me just see if this thing's got anything in it like my old big preaching Bible does back in my study at the church. He said he opened that Bible up to Romans chapter 3 and said, for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. He said, look at that, Clyde. He said, that's in my old big preaching Bible back at the church. Can you believe that little handy-andy Bible has that in it? He jumped over to Romans chapter 6. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He said, look at that, Clyde. Can you believe that's in this little Bible? He said, I can't believe it. He said, looked over to old Clyde. And old Clyde had two big old tears running down his cheek. He said, hey, Clyde, you want to get saved today? Clyde said, I sure do, preacher. He said, you folks don't even know it, but I led Clyde to Jesus three days ago. He didn't even have time to get out to the church and make it public. (laughs) He said that preacher leaned over that casket and looked at old Clyde. He said, hey, Clyde, all these folks are here this morning. He said, matter of fact, I've got that little Bible, Clyde, I led you to Jesus with. That little handy-andy Bible. If you don't mind, Clyde, I'm going to put it over in the casket with you. And he said, he put that little New Testament right over on old Clyde's chest. And he said, how is it, Clyde? He said, is it like I told you it was going to be? Is it like that little Bible said it was going to be? Do you see the streets of gold? Do you see the gates of pearl? Do you see the river of life? Do you see Jesus, Clyde? How is it, Clyde? How is it? How about you this morning, folks? He said, well, I just come to pay my dues on Easter Sunday. Hey, the greatest tragedy for you is this, for you to die in your sins. I had a boy tell me the other day, he said, Bruce, you know, there's one thing I like about you. You don't ever bug me about coming to church. I said, hey, man, I don't see nowhere in the Bible where people go around inviting people to church. They win them to Jesus, and they'll come to church. You get saved. You say, I don't like church. You get saved. You'll come to church. You'll knock the doors down on Tuesday morning trying to get in because you think they'll have it then. Now you head place.